Welcome to Sports Therapy Episode 16. Today we got our end of year Q&A. We get into questions about our best and worst moments from this year, our most embarrassing girl stories, and the future of our NFL teams. 2020 has been a crazy year, and we want to thank y'all for spending a portion of it with us here at Sports Therapy. And here's to hoping everybody listening and or watching will have a successful, healthy, and just plentiful 2021. Anyway, man, that's enough of the intro. It's time to hop in. That's that's how we wanted it to be. Just something exactly. chill that if you liked it, then it, it was for you. And then there wasn't a pressure on us to build something that we weren't really trying to build. Right. Like it's it's not about building an empire of, you know, hot takes and <laughs> and oh, controversial opinions and just saying things to get clicks. Like it's it's just about our experiences and what we want to talk about. And I think that's better. This for is sure. this is something that we do for fun. You know, for sure, for sure. But anyway, All right, man, we're going to kick off now today. It. Today, y'all, we're doing the Q&A, the end of year Q&A. But before we jump into the questions and before I even say that, thank you for everybody who love questions. We appreciate it. We're going to get to them in a second. But we had to send a shout out to Cameron Elmore, who commented on something that we were talking about in the last episode. All right. So we were talking about our dads and video games in the last one. And Cameron left a dope comment. He said, my dad just turned 67 on the ninth and he plays cop hey. he plays Call of Duty. Okay, okay. Dude, I'm sorry. No, I I, I, I hear it beeping. I was gonna try to keep going through it and let you I thought you was gonna be able to figure it out no, quick. I wasn't No, what happened was I was I wasn't recording at all because I clicked it earlier and it was it did like a 10 second thing. Uh-huh. And it was doing like a 10 second photo thing. Uh and I thought it was turning on. And so okay. now it's, I didn't even have the camera on. Okay. okay. But just go back to talking about Cameron and then we'll just not have me on at first. Okay. <sighs> That's cool. We just rolled through it. And if you're watching a video version of this, we're going to let y'all get, like, y'all going to get that. Y'all get the <laughs> the behind the scenes, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, back into uh, to Cameron Elmore. So he said, my dad just turned 67 on the ninth. And he plays Call of Duty on the daily. All right. Now, that is a dope comment. Do you have anything today? Because I got some questions. Well, I saw that. And it was just so funny because I was thinking back to what you said about your dad mm-hmm. and playing games and getting really into Dynasty and changing sliders and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know how old your dad is or was when you guys were playing games. But the older that dudes get and the more that they're playing games it just fascinates me just because i i know a lot of old people who are over 60 that don't even know what a video game is you know that's so true so to hear that comment it's just so funny because it's just it's like a different world than than what i know old people just that i know aren't into that stuff which is fine i mean not everyone has to be into things it's just it's just cool i respect it's interesting bro at 67 because I always assumed that I would lose my interest in video games at some point. Hadn't happened yet. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But at 67 and still be rocking. My question is, how good is he? Is he cold? Because like, if he cold, it's, it's even more impressive. Because like, you say he played COD on the daily. Like, So if you're a daily Call of Duty player, I don't know, is he a Zombies player or if you're a multiplayer or if he's a Warzone? You know what I'm saying? I'm super curious, which one of those modes does he spend most of his time in? And how good would you say he is at the game? So this one is from 
Leander Vandefin. All right. Or Leander. Okay. I think I got it right. Um, what were your best and worst memories from this year? And what were the sports moments that have stuck with you from 2020? So two questions, but two fire questions. I'll let you answer first. Hmm. So it's tough because there was a lot of sitting in my house working on videos or playing games and not getting out enough. And so it's kind of like a weird blur year. Mm -hmm. But one cool thing that I did, and this is like a sports moment and a best moment, is I took my girlfriend to go see LeBron play oh, against the Kings. That's dope. And so we got to see LeBron sitting about 15 rows from courtside yeah. and just, you know, just seeing him when we walked in and they were doing layup lines and just seeing it, it was like one of those like iconic, like photo taking yeah. moments where you just see him and it's like, that's a real person. He's real. <laughs> LeBron's real. Dude, that's so crazy. Yeah, that was cool. Dope. And to, to kind of bounce off that, I watched Kobe in like 20, 14, 2015-ish, when he was on his uh, last legs. Not his quite his last year, but I think it was this the year before. And they went and played the Kings. And I don't, I don't even think he was starting. I think he was coming off the bench, but he went in. And I remember in warm-ups, we walked, we got, a, me and my friend got there like an hour and a half early. And there, the whole bottom, you couldn't even get there because there was people just watching him warm That's up. Insane, Kobe was warming up. And he, yeah, he was just doing his little elbow drills and just warm-up shooting, and you couldn't even get close to the court because of how many people were just watching him warm up an hour and a half. I bet he was so game. locked into his routine that he don't even, like, trip on none of that stuff. He just keep going no, about been, his He'd business. been doing it for 20 yeah, years. Man, that's yeah. crazy, bro. I thought you was going to say you it went was, on the reunion, I mean, on the uh, the farewell tour year. So if you saw him on oh, that no. year, that would have been even crazy. Like, uh, that year was insane. He was he signing shoes, and everybody was showing love the whole year. He was getting standing ovations yeah. in all the arenas. Man, that was dope, man. I that think was it was dope. his second to last game at the Kings Arena that he ever played. So that's as close Damn. as it gets to. That's as close. As he probably gets. scored like twelve points or something. That was yeah. when the Lakers were were struggling. Yeah, but, yeah, man. And then I mean, obviously rolling into like worst moments or moments that stuck with me. It's like the. It's like where were you when? Kobe died. It's like, that's the moment my girlfriend was doing someone's hair and she was yeah. sitting there and she, and she gasped and said like, Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. And she said it out loud, like Kobe died. And it was one of those mm. moments where it, it didn't feel real. It's almost like a, we'd get so caught up in like saying crazy stuff or memes or whatever that you, I didn't yeah. believe it for like, I don't know how long, but then the news reports are coming in. And that's just one of those moments that like you, you sit back and all of a sudden it's like tunnel vision and you just, it starts to become real. And that, that was a tough, that was a tough, that was a weird a couple of weeks for everyone it and was. everyone who had any sort of connection to Kobe. You know, we all, all of us who pay attention to sports know who Kobe is. And if you played basketball, you obviously respected Kobe. I mean, I wore 24 in and in, in, uh, in high school, my last year I played yeah. and I, it, it was just, uh, it was tough and it was definitely like one of those, it definitely almost the whole year. That was like the starting thing. That was like the first thing that kind of had like the, yep. the domino effect of bad Shouldn't things started with sense. that. 
Maybe so that's that's is... definitely the if there was 2021 moment that stands out, that's it for sure. Man, I was actually going to go with the exact same moment. And before I even knew what these questions was, I had already thrown my Kobe hat today. You know what I'm saying? But um, I'll, I'll maybe I'll try to think of a different moment. But just to talk about that moment real quick, man, I remember when it happened. I saw it on Twitter and you see all type of crazy stuff on Twitter. So, yeah, my heart dropped. But I didn't really believe it yet. You know what I mean? And then, like, I'm seeing all of the... I started checking, like, the news, actual news reports and stuff like you were saying. And, dude, this is the first time I can remember. Well, the same thing, actually, when Nipsey when, when Nipsey died, it was the same. But, like, I'm, I literally shared real tears. Like, I was so hurt. I was almost surprised with how much it hit me. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I never met Kobe, but... He just meant so much to like, I don't even want to say a whole generation because there's multiple generations. You know what I'm saying? Like my generation, generation before me, even my little cousins, my little nephews and stuff, biggest Kobe fans in the world. I bought all of us like these these nice Kobe plaques. Like it's like a, it's a nice little frame picture with like a little plaque in it. I bought that for like most of the dudes in my family. Like everybody I knew that was diehard Kobe fans. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh <clears throat> Yeah, crazy moment. Probably the worst moment of 2020. Outside of that, we had other terrible moments. Uh, when Chadwick Bozeman died, that hit me just as hard because we already had, we was already building on so much, and then it was so sudden. It came out of nowhere. Like he had been struggling with uh, with cancer for I forget even how long, but a very long time. He was shooting movies and working through it, and he never said nothing. He didn't want people to know or people to feel pity on him. And he was still putting in work and it just happened, you know? And when that happened, it was another one of those moments. And then it's been a lot of bad moments in 2020. Um, the other moment, I don't remember the exact date or nothing like that, but it was when the shutdown first happened. You know what I'm saying? When it, cause it became real. Like we had been hearing about the pandemic and everything. And then like, when it was like, nah, everything is shut down. They sent out an order here in Houston. Don't leave your house. Like, that was a scary time. You know what I'm saying? Because we was like, oh, shit. We didn't really know what was going on. Everybody trying to protect their family yeah. and make sure they good. I remember making a scramble. I went out because they announced the shutdown. It was going to be, like, I think the next day at noon or something. So I had to run out real quick. I had to buy ammo for my guns. You know, because it's like when stuff like that happened, you just want to be prepared. You feel me? We went and bought, you know, all the supplies and everything that we could, food and water and all that stuff. And it was it was yeah. scary because, you know, I got a four-year-old and uh, and my wife, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out how we're going to get through this because I don't really know what's going to happen. I ain't never seen nothing like this before. So that was another crazy, crazy moment, man. What was the other part of the question? Was it like a happier part? Uh, the sports moments that stuck with you. Sports moment. The biggest sports moment that stick with me right now is uh is it just happened. You know what I'm saying? It's when the Bengals beating the Steelers on Monday night. I was completely checked out on the team. I had zero hope, like not even a slither of hope of winning that game. And uh, you know, they came out there with just a fire, bro, and a passion and the way they played, I've I've not seen it. Like I've not seen it. And I watch damn near all the games. You know what I'm saying? I've not seen that, though. Especially on primetime, we came out and we really made a statement and, like, left that energy out there on the field. Like, we took over the game and 
we made we bullied the Steelers, and like from it's weird I got no yellow and black today, but uh, <laughs> but uh, from a Bengals yeah, fan, yeah, that's sheer coincidence. Doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't. But from a Bengals fan perspective, you got to understand we have suffered years, and I'm gonna make a video on this so I can go a little deeper. But we've suffered years of just all kind of punishment against the Steelers. And we've never really been able to overcome that, even in our best years. So for them boys to yeah. come out there like that and play, even though there's nothing really on the line, like nothing was on the line but pride. And for me to see that the team still had that pride, it allowed me to take pride in the team once again. Because I'm running around here with the with the Bengals flag, and I'm like, I'm doing all this, and they going to lay down on the season, like after Joe went down. So you know that that was hard to deal with, but then when they came out of versus the Steelers, they really they really showed me a lot, bro. So that was probably my most memorable sports moment from this year. You know, I would say the Lakers winning the championship, but it was kind of it was kind of like lackluster because there's no crowds and yeah. you know no parade. Or well, nothing like that's that. I think of moments that stuck with me, and obviously I could go like, okay, Browns Ravens Monday Night Football was amazing. But the mo- the two moments that stuck out with me was the first uh, bubble game of the NBA, mm. the NBA bubble, the first game I watched, and then the first NFL week. Mm. Because the NBA bubble was so funny because they had the fake fans on the screens and it was cracking me up just watching because I'm like, this, I, I don't know how anyone could watch these games. Like it was just, it felt like you, you walk into an open gym and people are playing at the Y. That's Obviously, they're way better than people at the Y, but what I just, it was just, it felt like watching a mm. scrimmage, which is cool. Like, if you're a, love, a fan of the game, but I was just like, this is so weird. I just remember it was just like, it took me back. Like, this is an iconic moment because it was so different than a regular NBA mm. game. And then the first NFL week, the the crowd noise, the the fake crowd noise when like a play would happen and be like, Ah, uh, and it would be like loud for like 10 seconds and then uh it'd come mm-hmm. down and it was just so artificial and fake that i was like laughing hard it was just <laughs> so it was so different than anything they they kind of fixed that and stuff but still like some games have fans some games have no fans and i hate it like i hate no fans i, I think it's it, it sucks, but it's definitely definitely memorable. Yeah. Like this is going to be interesting to look oh, back sure. on and be like, oh yeah, the the Browns played in this amazing Monday and Sunday night back to back games, like on t- national television, and the crowd was empty. Mm-hmm. It was just like desolate. It was like it was like a uh, you know a Division two football game. <laughs> no one's in the crowd. Hey, that's funny. That's so, crazy. To it hear. was. It, it's crazy. It didn't even really stick out to me in the in the bubble. I saw a lot of people saying that until the championship because that's the only time like i like was like okay now i care about the crowd because you know they just won the damn championship so now the crowd is like it's even bigger deal so it's probably the first time i really i really even noticed it because i honestly i didn't even pay attention to it until that moment and it hit me like damn nobody's even (laughs) like that's it it's over well they won guess i'll go and yeah something else (laughs) yeah it definitely made me feel weird and it it had me really nervous about football season because i was just like is it gonna feel uncompetitive and i remember getting on uh when we were first doing the podcast Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the browns and after their first game i remember being so disappointed because i thought the whole season was gonna feel like 
the watermelon scrimmage uh, in August on the football team. The parents come watch and it's just like going out there to <laughs> run a couple of plays. Yeah. That's what it felt like watching. But Damn. it was it was a, the football season was a lot better than I expected. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think we should move on to the next question. Right. TB1 asks, going into the new years, what is the biggest thing that uh, you think you can improve on YouTube wise or personal life? Funny thing is that he's a Ravens fan and he, he grew up in Cali. Which is cool. Another one of the people who has no ties. One of us. The team they cheer for. One of us. Yeah, one of us. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, okay. Biggest thing I think I could prove on YouTube-wise and personal life. Personal life, it's, it's easy. Like, the, the answer is easy, but attaining it is damn near impossible. Because I've been trying to attain the same thing forever and it constantly changes. But personal life, I can improve on balance. Always, always always balance spending the right amount of time worried about my career and the finances spending the right amount of time taking care of the family um and then with the family that breakdown right because you got family time then you got just time with me and me and my son then you got a long time with me and the wife right then you've got a long time with just me because as an introverted person i like to spend a certain amount of time by myself you know what i'm saying so Always trying to balance that. Like, I want to game because I enjoy gaming, but I don't want to game too much. You feel me? I want to work out, but I don't want to. So just always balancing that, man. I think that's always the biggest thing, just trying to improve on balance in your life. YouTube-wise, yeah. for me, um, I've been getting this, kind of getting this down over the last month, month and a half. Um, is really narrowing down my focus on YouTube. And uh, I find that sometimes, see, I don't even probably be giving y'all this, but this is just the real, this is the real, this is the real deal right here. Sometimes I feel like I be like a caricature of myself, right? I'll look at my videos and be like, damn, I was trying to act like how I think people think Flimlo Raps acts right here versus just yeah. going for it, right? And so recently I just been going for it and I've been, the feedback I've been getting has been back to the level that I was getting before. Cause it's just, I'm, I'm a lot more authentic, authentic and I'm a lot more just, yeah, spontaneous in my videos where I'm not really caring how it lands. I'm just expressing myself how I want to express yeah. myself and doing whatever I want to do in the video. You know what I'm saying? So trying to keep that, trying to keep that as much as possible, I would say probably the biggest thing I could improve on in, um, you know, as far as YouTube goes. Sweet. Yeah. I, I, the thing is with YouTube, I, I kind of saw where you were, you didn't want to say too much, but with, with YouTube, yeah, yeah, there's so it. many things that I'm trying to work on and I don't really want to talk about, Right. but the things that I do want to talk about that I'll admit is like, okay, I want to become better organized and ahead of schedule. We talk about doing sponsorship videos and stuff and like having issues with that just because mm -hmm. you get caught up in everything else that all of a sudden your back's against the wall and like, oh, okay, it's like that meet that, uh, GTA me. I'm like, Oh, here we go again. You know, yeah. like shit, I'm going to try <laughs> to throw together something, but yeah, just getting ahead of the game, not being afraid to try new things and being more, being more myself. So pretty much just what you said, um, personal life, I think balance is amazing. And that's something I'm always, striving towards but honestly i need to get be better organized like if you like my, my room right now i have it just set up enough that it looks decent on camera but there's like boxes and uh 
crumbs right there on the, on, there's a plate right here. Uh, it's just <laughs> like, it's like a trash bin of my inability to just get on top of what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And just even like video stuff, like I, I will download videos and I don't save it in like particular like organization. And so I'm just like, if I don't do it that day, then I can't find it later. Cause I don't remember what I saved it as. So it's just organization. That's probably my biggest thing I want to get better at. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You you lose videos on your computer? I don't lose videos. I just mean like I will Scripts. save like a video that I downloaded from YouTube or stuff. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, I'll just type in random letters because I'm so sick of naming things. Yeah. Just like, just like tap the keyboard and save. And then later I'll do the video like two days later. And I'm like, I can't remember what I saved that thing as. It's not in the download file. Cause it's in some random file that I made. And the thing is the shit that you type in real fast makes complete sense in that moment. And then after you step away and come back, you'll never think about that shit again. Like whatever this little stupid initial you put in here. Yeah. It's gone, bro. You're never going to find it. Dude. With the amount of like overlays and titles I put on my videos, it'll be like a hundred in one video. And so I'm like not taking the time. I'm literally typing like two letters for all of them. Like L O uh, P W like, it's just like just random things just so I can hurry and save it and then put put on the video. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. (laughs) All right, bro. We move it to the next one from Drew Bailey. How do y'all perceive academics in relationship with sports? Now, because you said academics specifically, um, I honestly just see academics as a, um, it's just a requirement, bro. It's like, it's like the, the thing that you, you have to do in order to play. So I don't really see academics themselves as like super important because it doesn't really measure intelligence at all. In my opinion, it, it measures more like obedience and ability to follow orders, which it's not like a bad ability to have, but it's just not something that I necessarily hold in super high regard. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. At the same time, I mean, I think that it would benefit a play. I, I just wish, and I'm trying to answer the question directly, but it, this is what it makes me want to say. It makes me want to say, I just wish academics made sense. Like, I wish that they were teaching you financial... You know what I'm saying? Like financial literacy, like teaching you about how to get your credit situated, teaching you about how to budget, teaching you about real life stuff. Because the vast majority of the stuff that I learned is completely like it's not relevant to my life. You know what I'm saying? And I know people who almost everybody, like the vast majority of people I know who are great academically their their lives don't necessarily mirror what you know what you would have thought like the separation from their life and the dude that was trash academically it in most cases is not that big you know what i'm saying unless the dude that was trash academically was getting in like legal trouble that's a different thing but i'm saying if the dude was like yeah. following rules for the most part but he was just bad academically his life is about the same in most situations there's a few um what is that that's you it's my girlfriend. It's my best Okay. We go. I was just make sure I went my house. But uh, <clears throat> I lost my train of thought for a second. Yeah, I just, I don't really hold yeah, it sorry. in in the highest. Like, I don't really hold it in like the highest regard, though. Uh, I want to hear what you're going to say because it's probably going to make me think of something else to, 
I want to add. Well, th this takes me back to growing up. And the thing is, I didn't give a crap about academics my entire life. Okay. So I'm not like, I'm about to say something positive about it, but I want it to be clear until I was about 24 years old, my relationship with, with academics and school was just do enough so you can continue to play sports. Right. Like I don't give a crap about this stuff, but as I get older, I can see the value in what you said, like the obedience thing. I think that's the thing that that's how I view it, but it's, it's almost negative to view it only in that light. Cause I think there's a value to being able to be open to learning things that you don't want to learn about. Mm. As far as the school system, that's a whole different conversation. I a hundred percent agree that we need better financial literacy and understanding, you know, those types of things that aren't taught as much to kids, but the ability to learn things and read things that you don't necessarily want to or are interested in is a skill set that I wish I was so much better at, but I, I just lack, like, I just don't have a great ability to sit down and read something that isn't like the, the life of Barry Sanders oh, wow, look at these pictures of him running. I could look at these photos and read this little passage and I love this, but you give me like, oh, give me a book that's about stocks and I'm semi-interested in stocks and it's like fine print. I'm like, I can't even read that. Like I, we live in a new time where you can watch videos and stuff, but just having the ability to read in like an academic fashion and write in an academic fashion is something that I'm valuing more as I get older. See, and I wish I would have been better about that stuff when I was in school. So anyway. I agree with you, but my, my thing is that it's important. My thing is the way that, and look, I'm not speaking for all schools. I haven't been at every school and I'm 33 years old. So I ain't been in school in a long time. You feel me? But when I was in school, yeah, I feel like they almost did a disservice. Like they, it went against like making me okay with learning stuff that I didn't want to learn because I learned stuff that I didn't want to learn to pass the test, but then it had no value to me later. You feel me? Like if I learned stuff that I didn't want to learn and then there was value, that would make me say, okay, learn yeah. stuff I don't want to learn. That's that's something that I need to do. But it makes you almost feel like the opposite. It makes you feel like uh, they try to tell me something I don't, need, I don't want to learn. Just like in school, this ain't going to serve me later anyway. Like most of this stuff I learned was either false, like a lot of stuff from history, or they left a lot of stuff out. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. later found out, you know, I learned all this stuff outside of school. So it's just like, I felt like, and I realized that pretty early on. So I felt like going through school, the vast majority of my time in, in school, I was just trying to just game the system. Like, I, and I didn't learn how to do that because I always had pretty good grades in high school and stuff. You know, they fell off when I went to college. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I basically would just game the system and do enough be eligible, and then move forward. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're a person that figure out what you want to do early, I don't really think this applies to you because if you know what you want to do and say it's something where you need four years of college or maybe even more than that, you know your grades need to be in a certain place. So you got to do what you got to do in order to accomplish your goal. So it just really, really depends. And the vast majority of people are not going to make it in professional sports. So you need to be able to do enough in school to be able to support yourself once you get out. You see what I'm saying? So you got to understand yeah. that, and it's a balance. So even though I'm sitting here saying, like, I don't really value academics specifically that highly, I do value education, like good education. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? I just don't. I see that in academics as almost two different things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the way I okay. see it. Like, yeah, you know, I respect yeah. that. And I get it. I mean, I'm, 
I feel more similar to what you're saying over anything else, for sure. So it is Labra James asks, <laughs> what were your college majors and why? And I can start. So my major was kinesiology, which is like that's kind of sports science route. And it, the thing is, that's kind of the broad term kinesiology. Mm. I went into more of the strength and conditioning coaching route, mm. which at the end of the day, going to college for that, you're going to make like $30,000 a year because unless you're Alabama's strength and conditioning coach, <laughs> you're just, you're not making a lot of money doing yeah. that. The thing is I'd never liked anything else mm. other than yeah. sports. Like I said, with the academics thing, it's like you put me in any class, but weightlifting or history. I'm just like zoned out. Like I just couldn't care less. So I took this and the thing was, I went to class, but I went through, I, at best, I went through the motions. And so when I went YouTube full time, I was like, screw this. So I dropped out because I just had no interest in it. It was like, oh, how much I could possibly make with YouTube compared to probably the, the capped out amount of what I could do if I finish up college, which I'm paying for now at this point because I'm not on the track team. So yeah, that was, that was my major. Anyway, what about you? Uh, quick comment about that kinesiology major. Like that was, well, it was, what was it? Sports and recreation, something like that. That's what like all the football players at my school, at my college, like all of them was in there. You know what I'm saying? It was like 90%. It was like. It's easy. To be, it was the easiest, you know what I'm saying? To just push everybody through. Me personally, I majored in business to start school. Okay, and the reason I majored in business is because I couldn't figure out what the hell I wanted to do either, because my interests all over the place. And I figured, hey, whatever it is, I'm gonna need to make money. You know what I'm saying? My mom majored in business. I majored in business. I ended up changing that about halfway through, bro, because I had this one professor who hated football players. Like, hey, bro, you you run in there. Her class would be like eight in the morning. You had practice at like six. So you get in there, you just got out the shower, you trying to get food. So you go in there, you got shorts on, t-shirt, she's pissed. Come in here presentable. Y'all football players think you can do it. I'm like, yo, I'm just coming to class anyway. That got so ugly, I stopped going, and eventually I had to drop that class. And I was like, damn, I'm going to have to change my major to something I care about anyway, because I didn't care about business. I changed it to psychology, which I love to this day. I love psychology. I love, like figuring out why a person does what they do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what make people yeah. make the decisions or think the way that they think, you know what I'm saying? That's something I'm super into. Um, so I really love psychology. The problem is when I looked up what they made and the jobs that would be available to me, I was like, look, bro, I could be a local rapper and figure out how to make $50,000 a year. That's how, that was my thinking or close. And I was like, I would rather do something I love to do Instead of like, I really don't want to sit on the couch and listen to somebody's problems. Like, you feel me? Even though if you look at my video, like I like to dig into people's stuff and try to figure out, but I like to do it at my leisure. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to just have to listen to anybody. I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I uh, eventually dropped out, but that was my major. I was in business first and then I was in psychology. That was my two majors. And I really liked the psychology major. I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot in psychology. Yeah. It's funny because I wanted to do sports psychology. That was what I wanted mm. to do. That was yeah. my dream major. 
But that's ah. such an oddly specific thing that if the school doesn't have it, you have to either go psychology or a sports related route or combine the two. <laughs> yep. I wasn't willing to do that. Like you said, like you look at the numbers and you go, I was like thinking, Hey, I could do YouTube. Like it's like you with the rapping thing. Like I could do YouTube. And if it works, then like I'm living the dream and making more than I could ever make doing that. Mm -hmm. Unless I went big time in that. So I guess it just comes down to following dreams. And while I could still learn about sports psychology now at my leisure, I don't have to go back to school for it. I can learn the things I want to learn because I'm not specifically going to school to be like a put the shirt and tie on and go sit behind a desk and yeah. do it the clinical yeah. way. Cause I'm like anti-clinical. Like I just, I, I put, put on sweats and a sweatshirt to go to class. Like I'm not, I don't like to dress. I'm not going to say I don't like to dress nice, but if I had the choice to be like chilling and just like casual or like that, like businessman approach, like that's just not me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just not me. And I, it, modern day is different. Like you could, I could probably find something like being a sports psychologist where I travel with a team and I'm like talking to players. I think that'd be cool. But at this point, the amount of work just to get to that point, which still would be making less than what I am now. It's it's like, it's not going to happen. With that said, I'm thinking about going back to school when this whole pandemic thing is done because I never graduated. This will make my mom very happy. Yeah. But um, I want to take um, some creative writing classes and public speaking classes. Well, that's smart. I want to take stuff that's going to help me with what I do now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I did. I did a presentation in a speech class about Rudy. Yeah. And it was so sick because... <laughs> I'm not like amazing at public speaking, but if you get me talking about something I'm interested in, all, all of a sudden I'm like, like, I just can take up the room. I can take the power of the room. You get me talking about like fish. I'm like pissed. Like, I'm just like, like reading off the script. You get me talking about football. I'm like talking to everyone, like shouting out things. Like you probably just, played the little KTO music off your phone real quick. Then you, uh, <laughs> yeah. you had a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had a professor shout me out in front of a, uh, classroom of like 120 yeah. kids he like wrote my name on the board because it was a leisurely lifestyle huh. class and he's like see this is he was like 85 years old and he was like this is what i'm talking about you follow your dreams he wrote my name on the board and he's like look up kto when you you uh are done with class and apparently someone in the class had watched my videos so they were like they freaked out because they went up to the professor after and they were like wait, wait who is it like can you show me who it is yeah like and he wanted to talk to me and we ended up like talking for a little bit and stuff it was cool yeah that's but dope that's dope I, this just made me think of this but knowing that my video will be seen by hundreds of, of thousands of people doesn't make me nervous but if i just sit in a classroom and watch a classroom of kids watch my video i would be like sweating bullets i'd be like laying oh, yeah. on the ground like curled up like rolling around <laughs> it would not be good yeah it's completely and different. that's just that completely different. it's so different man so that's why i respect people who speak or do things in front of actual crowds like that's just so bold and it's a talent courageous bro. it is and they're so it good is. at it's, a lot of stuff like when you watch the good people they move the room they command the yeah. presence they could take the energy up they could take it down that's why i want to take i'm going to take the creative writing classes i want to take the public speaking classes because i've noticed since i come on here a lot of times i can't get my thoughts out as clearly as i would like to and it's just something yeah, i want to get better at i'm not like terrible but it's like there's room for improvement. You know what I'm saying? All right, Alex Andres. What did your schedules look like as student athletes? When did you wake up for workouts, do recovery, have practice, etc.? You want me to go? Yeah. So an average day, I'll just go on an average day. 
So lifting would start at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, me being like the super lazy, like wait till the last minute, I'll probably get up at like 640, mm-hmm. walk across campus, like 10 to 15 minute walk and get in there just in time yeah. to like get into the weight room for the warm up. And you do like a warm up and you do like the main lifts and everything. And it takes about an hour and yeah. a half of doing all the yeah. stuff. And so it's like 8.30 comes around. I have class at nine. So 8.30 comes around and then you don't even have time to shower. That's how backed up we would get with our timing. And I would just go to class like sweaty every single day. Started at nine. I get there at like 9.05 and sit in the class and not, classes from like nine to 12. I'd walk over to like Subway or get something else for lunch. And then like another class, usually like one to two 15 ish. They were usually hour and 15 minute classes. And then practice would be around like three o'clock every day. And then you would have like the running practice, which was, it depended on the day, how hard it was, but we would do like three to four thirty ish. Um, some running workout that would bust your balls, make you want to die. And then you would get showered up and I would have like a night class six o'clock to, it would be like, but it, that would be like once a week. So it, the night class was only once a week, but it'd be like six to eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So night class. one night a week, it would be the worst day of your life. You get up <laughs> at six ish, and you'd be in class till eight thirty. And if you're lucky, that teacher would be cool and let you out an hour early because it was just such a long class that if there wasn't a lot, enough to talk about, you could go early. So that was cool, yeah. but that didn't happen all the time. So that yeah. was the that was like what a hard day would look like. An easy day would be like. No lifting that morning. So class starts at nine. You have two or three classes that day. And then you have regular practice at like three o'clock, three to four thirty ish, and then no class. So start your day at nine, end at four thirty ish. That'd be an easier day than the hard day was all day just going. So really had to be good at planning meals and stuff. Mm, yeah, or you or you would not eat. Or you have to make like a, a hustle move to get something to eat. Man, I remember one time, yeah. bro, I got to fight with my roommate when I was a freshman because he wouldn't let me use his car to go get food. And I was so damn hungry. I like, I caught him with a right, <laughs> I caught him with a right hand. Cause bro, Jack in a box, I kid you not, it was 60 seconds from the camp. It was right there. I was like, bro, give me a ride or let me use your car. And like, he was just being an asshole about it. Like it was his car. He got to let me use nothing. But I felt the way, you know what I'm saying? Because he was just being such an yeah. asshole about it. Yeah, we ended up, he was a whole senior too. Like we ended up getting into it. <laughs> like that was crazy. But uh, a normal day for me, honestly, was so similar to yours that I'll, I'll give a day from uh, when I was uh, one of my harder, this is one of the hardest schedules I ever had. It was one summer. I was ineligible. So I had to take 18 hours in the summer, but you're only allowed to take, I think, 12 or maybe 14. I think you're allowed to take 14, whatever. So I jam-packed my, my, uh, my schedule, and then I, um, I got with two other professors who allowed me to come to their classes during, like, downtime when they wasn't in class. It allowed me to go to their office and, like, you know, do whatever the work was that I needed to do. So during that summer, bro, I was waking up at, like, 5 a.m., because, well, no, I was looking up before 5 a.m. because we ran at 5 a.m. We had conditioning, okay? So we go run. After that, straight to try to get something to eat, get some coffee. And then I was in class all damn day. I'm talking about the whole day. <laughs> then we have practice. 
at around 345, 330, something like that, okay? You got practice. And at some point in here, we had weights, too. I can't remember. I think weights was it was right after the run. So you run, you got weights. That's that's what it was. You run, then you got weights, then you got class all day. Practice at 3:30. After that, I've got more classes. I probably got like two more classes. Then at night, we had study hall. All right. So Oh yeah, we had that too freshman year. So I'm in study hall and you gotta go and sign in. And I had when I first went to college, like I got into like three fights in my first month. So I was on like you know, the coaching was really watching me. I was So I had to do everything. Like, if I wasn't signing in the study hall, if I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I had shined a light on myself, basically. So now, any little thing I didn't do, they was all over. I couldn't go under the radar no more. So basically, from like 4.45 that morning till about like 8.30, 9 o'clock that night, my entire schedule was filled. It was the most miserable time of my life, bro. Most miserable time of my life. But... As I got it rolling, I kind of got into it, and, you know, I did it. I did that whole thing, and uh, the, I got eligible at the last second, and then I got kicked off the team. <laughs> That's a journey, man. That is wild. <laughs> then I dropped out. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. Because <laughs> I was like, fuck it. After all of that, like, I just couldn't do it no more, bro. So I got out of there, man. That's, that's what I – I don't know – how I feel about people who can just do that and they don't even like, if they like are not that big of a, they're not into the sport that much. They're like, yeah, it's just what you do. You just go to school and do this for six years or whatever. And it's just crazy just to me because I could barely do it for three. It's, it's how you want I'm just not cut out for it. But see yeah. there, that, that person will be very successful. Um, maybe like the, they need some other traits too. But um, like those traits right there, you can be very successful in the world because they're going to be able to go yeah. work 60 hours a week and probably get promotions and they're going to, you know, all this yeah, stuff going to be early, it's going to be point on point. You know what I'm saying? So if that's your personality, just all you got to do is realize that's you and then, you know, you go strong in that, in that direction. Like you don't want to be, you don't want to try to be like a damn YouTuber or something if that's your personality. Yeah. Like you a whole different... <laughs> like a different breed of person, you know what I'm saying? Because that, dude, that everyone shit broke me. Has bro. yeah, dude. No, everyone has a skill set where you. Some people are wired to handle that. Some people aren't. I, I'm not a person who's able to handle a lot of things that I don't want to do. Yeah. That is a weakness <laughs> if I'm not able to overcome it by my strengths. So for every mm -hmm. one of me who makes it in like YouTube, there's the version of me that didn't make it on YouTube and I end up getting some crappy job. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I was too lazy to finish up that aspect of my life. So for all the dreamers out there like me, you, you have to make it in like your <laughs> dream, but if not, you have to be willing to go through the crap to work your way up in another way. Like there's, I always, I mean, I, I think about it every day, how fortunate I am to be doing what I am, but it also scares me because I'm like, man, I was so lazy, <laughs> even though that's, I'm not saying like when I'm being forced to do things, I don't consider that work ethic. I can just consider that being able to like put up with it. I Whereas agree. work ethic to me, work ethic with me, it's like, okay, how often am I doing stuff now? Mm. Like how much am I keeping up with like working out when now it, like I'm not competing for anything mm -hmm. other than myself. Yep. So how hard can I work now? Or you know, how much can I get done with video stuff? Like how much effort can I put into a video? 
that's the stuff I consider work ethic, not necessarily, oh, I had to go to three classes today. It really sucked. But, you know, grinding daily, like, okay, well, you go to those classes because you paid for them. And if you don't, then you're really just wasting money and wasting your time. So that's like semi work ethic, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's just how I feel. I feel you. I agree, actually. To, again, I don't want to disrespect anyone who does those things because I that's tough. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not oh, easy. Sure. It's not easy. Sure. But... Anyways, I will go to the next question. Okay. The ghost of Adam Gase <laughs> asks, first it says, Flem, who is your favorite non-Bengal of all time? And then he asks the same thing. KTO, who is your favorite non-Brown? So I'll let you okay, start. This is an incredibly difficult question. I have, I'm sorry. I, I said before this, I wasn't going to be the dude that give three answers when you ask for one person. I lied. Here we go. So DeAndre Hopkins, Anquan Bolden, Ah, uh, damn. Damn, damn. damn. <laughs> this is so hard, bro. The third spot. I, I, I admire so many players, man. Third spot. Right yeah. now, I'm going to think of somebody later that's going to piss me off that I forgot this person. But right now, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Cam. Cam Newton. Cam Newton, man. Love Cam, bro. Love the dude. That's cool, because you listed two Bengals. receivers... Yeah. Yeah. You listed three players. Two of them were the position you played and one was a quarterback. So is it, is that a big part of like what makes you appreciate players is like, you know what a receiver goes through. So seeing what they, seeing what a DeAndre Hopkins can do is so impressive more to someone like you who understands how hard the things he does is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, And I gravitate to, I think I gravitate to like physical receivers you know what I'm saying? Like dudes who don't have like the ideal thing. Like when you think of a prototypical like X receiver, you think of speed, you think of, you know, maybe height. You know what I'm saying? But like them dudes, to me on paper, neither one of them look that great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look running a four seven, Equan running a probably four seven also. You know what I'm saying? But on the field, it didn't matter. Like they found ways to get around and DeAndre still find a way to get around like their perceived weakness. And then they magnified their strength so much that they still became either the best receiver in the league for a time or one of the best receivers in the league for a time. And then like all my other favorite players, and I won't name them. That's none Bengals. It's like tight ends and safeties. For some reason, I love safeties. I don't even know why. I never even really played defense like that. But yeah, I love safeties too. Every Bob Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could just sit here and list off a hundred names. This is my favorite player. This guy's my favorite player. Man, For me, it's a, I, I brought up the whole like position thing because I really admire running backs because I played mm. running back my whole life. Yep. So when I watch one play, I can just like right now my big one's Kamara, watching him and how he moves and his ability to to make guys miss, but his balance, his balance and just his suddenness and it's he is so impressive to watch, but I'm not going to say he's my favorite player. Okay, my my favorite non-Brown of all time because I want to do it college and I want to do it NFL. It's got to be mm. just at its peak, Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, just because Ladanian Tomlinson was a guy who just could do everything as a running back. Like in an era where running backs were kind of 30 carries a game, you need to be 230 pounds. You're slow as as shit. You wear shoulder pads that go above your head and you just like run into guys and get four yards. Not saying all the guys were like that, but it was kind of like an era of like ground and pound between the tackles, power offense. 
yeah. and he was just he could do everything. He had the season with a hundred catches. He had like almost like a thousand yards receiving and rushing in, in the same year. Uh, he had the big year with 28 rushing touchdowns. So not only was he an incredible back, just like vision, well-roundedness, and he was an amazing college back. He had like a 400-yard game at TCU. He just could. He was just the complete package as a running back. You could use him in so many ways, and he kind of helped what the, what the modern NFL running back looks like when you're talking about the ability to play be in the uh, pass game and run game. He was just the epitome of that. I, so I agree, and then. I had to go college player because I, because I loved college football so much more. So I had such a bigger connection to college. I have to do it. Yeah, My favorite college football player of all time has got to be Colin Klein. Colin you know that Klein, is? quarterback, green team. Who do he play for? No, K State. Oh, he played for K State. Kansas okay. State. Yeah, yeah. He's the best way I can describe him is a poor man's Tim Tebow. But here's the thing. <laughs> You watched that Kansas State team play, and they were they were like good at the time when he was playing. Mm-hmm. But he literally would run the ball like thirty times a game and get like two and a half yards every time. But it was perfect because they get to like fourth and one, and it'd be like that wildcat quarterback formation. And he would just power and get it. And just watching that, I don't know why. Because if I watch that now, it pisses me off. But at the time, I was in high school, and I'd watch every K State game because I just wa- I loved to watch them play. Because they didn't they pass the ball like ten times a game, and he'd do like the power offense every play. So it was just so funny because they'd play teams that they shouldn't beat, and te- and their offense would be so ugly. But he gets three yards every time, two yeah. and a half yards when he yeah, needs yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just loved watching it because, dang it, now I'm going on a tangent. But there was like everyone like. Oregon got so much hype for like 10 years. Like the speed yeah. demons, they got all the flashy uniforms. They're national title contender. Unis. But then they'd play Stan, they'd, they'd play Stanford. And Stanford would run like I formation power right or power left every play. And there was that game where like, I don't even remember his name, like Gaffney maybe, Tyler Gaffney or something. He had like 50 South carries Megan? or some ridiculous amount of carries. But every time it was like three yards. So Second and seven, third and four, fourth and one, get it. Second and six, third and two, get it. And they would just do that the whole game. And the whole game, it felt like the same two plays were being ran and they kept getting it. And they beat Oregon in a year where Oregon was trying to go to the national title. Damn. I don't know why it is because that's not the t- style of player I am. I'm a speed flashy guy, but watching that power offense and yeah. seeing it play out, I just I just love it. That's just, that's what I, gets I me going. I got to throw out my football. favorite, my college guys real quick. College guys okay. real quick. Yeah, go I ahead. three. I got Peter Warwick, I got Michael Crabtree, and Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, favorite college players. There you go. Off the Two receivers and a quarterback. Damn, <laughs> that's your that's your <laughs> that's your formula. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is my formula. <laughs> you know, War, uh, Peter Warwick's before my time, but because I've made enough videos, I've seen his highlights, and yeah, it's fun to watch. He was super quick. Next up, Arena Phoenix. What is your favorite football game you watched or who was your favorite Madden player? I'm going to answer the second question. I'm going to let you answer the first one. All right. Who is my favorite Madden player? This is recent. This is extremely recent. Are you ready? I'm ready. You guess what position they play? Receiver. Oh, damn it. He got me again. (laughs) John Ross, man. John Ross is the greatest Madden player who is like not good in real life 78 overall oh my god bro this man is un 
unstoppable to this day in Madden. I put him in a slot. We run that deep post, that deep seam, and them crossing routes, and he cannot be stopped. And every time I do like a, a franchise or a dynasty or something, he go from a normal development <laughs> to a superstar development within the first couple of years because just with the speed and like the ability that he has, like even Madden knows, like, bro, this man can, his spectacular catch is pretty good. Like everything about him as a receiver is pretty damn good. But in real life, he can't put it together. But on a game, yeah, I can put it together for him. You know what I'm saying? And definitely John Ross. Before that, it would have been uh, Bob Sanders. Because I remember way back in Madden, uh, me and my boy, Trip, we used to do um, – this was the first time they put team play in Madden. I can't remember which game this was. I think this was on the Xbox 360. This was during my college days. Um, yeah. But we would get uh, – I have Bob Sanders. He have uh, Antonio or Antoine Bethea. And we would yeah. wreck shop with the coach, bro. Like, we couldn't be stopped. You couldn't score on us. We was picking off everything. And that was some of the most fun I ever had on Madden. So – Bob Sanders still one of my favorite Madden players. Boom. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, yeah, I won't even answer that because I can't even think of one. But my favorite <laughs> football game I ever watched was a game that my dad and I went to. And it's one of the greatest college games ever played. It was Boise State, Oklahoma, Fiesta Bowl 2007. Just mm. iconic underdog story. You know, the amount of times I heard, like, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Those kind yeah. of things. <laughs> and it's so funny because we were there at the Fiesta Bowl in Arizona for like like six hours before kickoff. You're like sitting in like the like area outside the stadium. It's like the it's like the world's largest tailgate or something like that. And they had like bull riding, like the mechanical bull riding. They had like the throw-in games. They had all sorts of stuff going on. Just like this celebration. You get huge screens watching the other BCS Bulls. Anyway, we go into that game, man. And of course, I'm like 12. So it's like prime age for like, you know, your team loses and you cry your eyes out. Your team wins and you're like screaming like a little girl and running around. But yeah. Dude, that that game was like one of those Boise State answers or scores quick. They get up like, this isn't even real. We're beating Oklahoma. We're crushing Oklahoma. They come back and all of a sudden Boise State's against the wall. Like, did you watch that game? I can't remember it. No. People who watch that game know it was insane because Boise State was up 28-10. Oklahoma comes all the way back and it's 28-28 with like a minute left. And it's like, all right, Boise, this is your chance to go down the field, set up a game winning kick. First play of that drive, Zabransky, the quarterback, pick six. <laughs> pick six with with like 58 seconds left or something. And so now That's Oklahoma's insane. up 35 28. It seems over. It's like over. You know what I mean? And then they go down the field, but then they get sacked, incomplete pass. It's fourth and 18 with like 18 seconds left at the at like the 50. It's like there's no way. Yeah. It's fourth and 18. It's Oklahoma. Boise State hasn't done anything offensively in a while. And they run the hook and ladder. They run the throws it, the the dig route, 15 yards, and he pitches it back and they score on it. They score on that play. <laughs> we are losing. Like, I, we can't even remember. You, like, when you're in the crowd, you can't even see what's going on. So you just see the guy catch it. All of a sudden, the ball's not in his hand. It's like, did he fumble it? You just see the Boise State guy running down the field and the Oklahoma guy yeah, can't yeah, catch yeah, him. Yeah, and then yeah. they dive in the end zone. And it was just like, <laughs> I get like, I could I can think about that play and get chills every time. It's just so crazy. And then yeah, they went into overtime. Crazy, 
and beat him on the this famous Statue of Liberty two point conversion. Mm. And I was not a normal person for like three days after that, just because it was like the <laughs> the adrenaline high from that as a kid. Yeah. You can't even think straight. Like we tried to call my mom after the game and talk about it and we couldn't even speak English. Like we were like, you know, like when you're like have a huge adrenaline dump after a game. Well, after that, like you can't even talk or think straight. You're just like saying random words. Like she's like, well, are you guys OK? We can't even speak. We're just so <laughs> speechless i can't even come up with the words right now to describe it that's how ridiculous it was yeah speaking of that that's why i want to do more creative writing stuff so i can sound more articulate and intellectual when i write and speak so then i don't use the same adjectives to describe everything there you go (laughs) anyway you brought that back from earlier in the in the episode yeah (laughs) because you said that and i was like yeah maybe i should consider that that's probably something yeah i mean interesting I want to go to the U of H. It's right here and do it. So I can kind of, you know, make Houston yeah. officially like my home. But uh, yeah. All right. Moving to the anyway. next one. Zachary Young asks, what's your most embarrassing girl story? Hmm. All right. I'll go. Well, we had different experiences with girls growing up. Yours was, I got... Oh, I got chicks in every uh, section of the game while I'm playing. I'm pointing up to them after I make a three, this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I can't get a girl to save my life. I'm kidding. I'm not exaggerating, of course. But but anyway, junior high and middle school is a tough time for guys like me. And you got zits all over your face. You're insecure. And of course, there's like, that's right when you start getting into seeing like how hot girls are. And the hottest Mm. girl at my junior high. For like seventh through ninth grade, um, <laughs> this is MySpace days, and uh, uh-huh. it's like yep. I had her in a bunch of classes. We never spoke, and it was just like awkward exchanges at best. But yeah. when you're young and dumb, you take certain like looks and cues as like, oh, she might be into me. Mm. Anyway, I'm on MySpace. Of course, she's got a. <laughs> we're like we're friends or whatever on there and they're doing those stupid games if you ever were on myspace where it's like answering questions where it's like who's your favorite who's the last person you texted you answer that question it's like what's your crush's initials or whatever or first letter of their first name and like what do you think about them so like, st- stupid questions like that anyway we had like the most meaningless conversation going war i'm asking questions and she's given like one word responses but i keep going to keep it going and she's like reading it not responding for 40 minutes anyway i see her post something and it says like initials kn which is mine and she's like oh i had him in like i was talk i was thinking about him earlier like i'm actually talking to him right now and so we were messaging at the time and so i was literally like oh my gosh i have liked you for so long you know da 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 like you are like I, since we've had class since seventh grade, like I've been into you, I big crush on you. Like, it's nice to see, like, I, I feel the same type of way. And then she goes, Oh, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's another guy. I'm so that sorry. So tough. Oh. And I literally like shut down for like, I, cause I, I had class the next day with her oh, man. and we never spoke again, not online or in person. That's how awkward it was. Yo, as a kid, I it, can't it hurts imagine me now, <laughs> that has to be. 
Because, like, Dude, the places your still. mind went, like, when she originally sent the first message. Oh, And, dear. like, your whole shit just opened up, and then it was just like, bam, not you. The soul crush. Yeah, that's tough. That is so <sighs> tough. Just telling it again relives that, like, eighth grade angst and anxiety that I had, and it's just like, ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. It's just, it's just, oh, man. Yeah. I'm glad I'm past those days. That's crazy, bro. Anyway. That sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. I got two. I got like a harmless one when I was a kid. I was in high school. I was that. I was like probably like my senior, maybe my 11th grade year. I can't remember. And I got one from college. I got two. Okay. So when I was in, in high school, let's go with this one first. And I'm, this might not even seem embarrassing to other people. I just remember how embarrassed I was at the time. Okay. It was this girl who was younger than me. She was like, maybe a freshman or a sophomore, I was like a junior. She, I, but I wasn't, I wasn't interested at all. But she kept, like she always, she was kind of like, she was kind of tomboyish. And uh, I don't know, I just, I wasn't into her. And like I had other stuff going on. So bro, on Valentine's Day, she shows up to school with the, a big ass stuffed Dalmatian with my name like on it, like Carl, like on the thing. And she's sitting like at the beginning of school, everybody like walking the gym, like everybody until like classes start. And like, you know, we sectioned off. So everybody in the gym in the morning, I walk in and my whole class, my whole section looking at me like this, cause they already know. And I look over and she's over there with this big ass dog, like professing herself. I'm like, yo, that, that shit was, to me, bro, that shit was so embarrassing because it was one of those moments where me as a dude with a heart, I didn't want to embarrass her, right? Because I didn't want the damn dog at all. Like, I didn't want nothing to do with her, to be honest. So I had to accept the damn dog and take that L in front of the whole damn school just to oh. not embarrass her. And it was at the time, like now as a grown ass man, it's like, who cares? But back then, yeah, bro, <laughs> it was it's tough. Heavy. Like it was so <laughs> heavy. It was like, I got made fun of for that. I mean, it was light, true enough. Yeah. But I got made fun of for that by like my friends for so long after that, bro. And it was so damn embarrassing. My other one, I completely embarrassed myself. This was in college. And um, this is uh, when I first met my wife, right? We were cool. Like, we was hooking up and stuff. We was friends. But we wasn't, like, officially together. Went to the club one night, and I saw her. It was another dude, like, just close over there where she was at. I had been drinking. Took it like, oh, okay, that's what we doing. I come strolling by with two chicks from my class. I, I made sure she saw me. Just doing the most. I was... Doing the absolute most. Acting out. Acting out, bro. <laughs> we end up getting into like this big argument in the club. This is before we was even official, right? The argument spills over to after the club. And um, I said something to her. I can't remember, but she got pissed. And she caught me with a gangsta-ass four-piece. She would go, bop, 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 in front of everybody outside the club and then my friends drug me away her friends drug her away and um, we actually got back cool the exact same night but the next day of football practice 
everybody knew because most of the football team was there. Even my coach, everybody was in on the joke. You know what I'm saying? So the yeah. oh Fleming, you all right? I, I heard she, I heard she did a number on you, X Y Z. So that shit was embarrassing. It's funny to me now, but it was embarrassing at the time. Those are good stories, man. Yeah. Those are good. <laughs> but all right, all right, what we got next? So Jake, uh, Steven, Stevanus, Stevanus. Uh, Stevanus, uh, how do you think your teams are going to be next year? I'll go first. Um, I yep. think my team will be very similar to this year, to be honest. I think we'll we'll have some moments, but ultimately, I don't think we'll be um, in a position to make an actual run. We're basically we'll basically still look like a team that's in the rebuilding phase because that's where we at. You know what I'm saying? We'll probably. You know, who knows, like, the close games could swing one way or the other, and I could feel different after the draft and all of that stuff. But, you know, I'm expecting kind of more of the same. I'm expecting Joe to kind of come into his own a little bit more, assuming he he shakes back okay from the injury. But ultimately, I think we'll be very up and down. I think we'll look terrible at times, look really, like, good or decent at some other times. But I don't think we're gonna really cross over that threshold. Not next year. Yeah, you know, man, it's just so tough because the AFC North next year. I think it depends with the Steelers and Big Ben. But it's like you guys have to play six games against the Ravens, Steelers, and, and Browns, and just yeah. those six alone is like tough enough. Like, yeah, you got a huge upset against the Steelers, but you're looking at zero and two, zero and two, one and one, or zero and two, one and one, one and one. You know, at best when you're in that rebuilding yeah. phase and that just can just cripple a season just that alone. Yeah. Not to mention like yeah. out of, out of conference, tough games and stuff. Cause just watching the Browns at the bottom so often, that's, that's what would happen. Like they couldn't get past six and 10, five and 11 because they were stuck losing four or five games in the division to the Steelers Ravens and then the Bengals when they were good. But right, right. anyway, the, the Browns next year, I'm excited, but it just sucks because it feels like they they have something good going right now, and with how it's all kind of unfolding, we'll see. I'm not gonna I'm, anything can happen, but for sure, for sure, next this year, is just how you feel right now. Yeah, like super way too early predictions. Like yeah, way too early predictions. Throw it out there, bro. I really, I really think Baker's gonna be great. Like top ten NFL quarterback when he's hot. Yeah. Top five, he'll get some MVP talk here and there. Won't win it or anything, but he will have enough games to where people are going like, yo, is Baker the MVP? And then he'll fall off a little bit, but he'll be top five to top 10 ish next year. I think next year, his, his career year. Mm. Um, Don't know what the Odell situation will look like or whatever, but I think they're going to retool the defense, build upon what they got. It'll be better. And the offense will be just clicking because they know what they got now. They know what works. So, depending on what the schedule looks like, I really think that I think that they're a playoff team next year for sure. And it just kind of how the dominoes fall. They could be the AFC North winner, 13 and three type team, anywhere from like a 10 and six to 13 and three team, but it'll be convincing. Like they're a, they're a team this next year is the year. I, I think that. I don't necessarily agree with the, the Baker MVP stuff, but yeah, 10 and six, like that type of team for sure. For yeah. Sure. Definitely. See that. Um, well, we got one more question and then we can roll into kind of the last thoughts and everything okay. about what's going down this season. But okay. anyways, P asks, P, um, are you guys happy with what you accomplished this year? You go. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I'm very happy with uh with what I was able to accomplish this year. I haven't had time to reflect on it at all because the year ain't even over yet. But just yeah. at a you know at a snap thought, yeah, um, I feel like you know we continue to we continue to grow the channel. Uh, we continue to do what we're supposed to do as a as a man, taking care of the family from a financial standpoint, getting more financially stable. Um, yeah. I was able to be consistent even through the pandemic, which I feel like is a big thing because it was a lot of crazy shit that happened this year, like we kind of talked about earlier. And um, I feel like there was some times where I wanted to kind of just go away for a minute, but I didn't. I was able to stay consistent throughout the whole thing. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we was able to launch this podcast and we still on it. We haven't, well, we did miss one week. Um, but we haven't really missed much and like we just stand true to what we wanted to do like our original vision with this and we've had some opportunities to you know to do some other things that would probably get more views and would probably make money and that type of stuff but we kept it true to what we wanted to do so I'm proud of that um, I just bought a house I'm proud of that you know what yeah, I'm saying I got move. in the best shape I've been in in a long time you know what I'm saying? I'm proud of that. You know what I'm saying? I walk around looking like a damn G.I. Joe around here. And I, you know what I'm saying? I'm happy about that. Cause like I, I started the question after I hit 30 and I told my hamstring up just trying to play a normal game of basketball. I was like, am I ever gonna be able to be, you know, that person again? So yeah, in short, after I said all of that, yes. Uh very proud, very proud of what I was able to accomplish this year. So I feel good about it. What you think, bro? That's that's awesome, man. I'm I'm You've done a lot of good things this year. And the house thing to talk to kind of cap it off is, is dope. Cap it off, yeah. Yep. It's a big step. Um, sure. 2020 was a good year for me. It was, I think, I think the, we were fortunate that what we do, it got affected, but not as yeah. much as people who own businesses in, you know, sure. corporate world and everything. So I can't complain. So it's, it hasn't taken a toll on me in that sense. Everyone's had taken a toll from it, but overall I've kind of worked on myself and I've improved aspects of my life that I wanted to get better at. Um, you know, I've improved my just ability to like deal with negativity and, you know, like being too negative towards myself and like doing things that I want to do, going after things, doing this podcast. It was like a fear of mine at first, just putting myself out there getting over that. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's just, it's been great because I've connected more with my, with my parents and my family more than ever before in the past. Not that we had a bad relationship. It was just tough to open up and, and kind of connect to a certain extent and just the ability to kind of cope with hard times. And like, cause when I first saw this question, the first thing I go to was like, Oh, I didn't get enough this and then this. And then it's like, I just put that kind of stuff aside and started thinking about the things that I did well. And it's like, wow, there's so many things that I did well. It right. just, you put that little hat on top that has a couple of negative things and it feels like it was a wasted, like you wasted time. But really I accomplished a lot of things that I'm proud of. So yeah, for sure. 2020 was a good year. And you know, considering everything that went down, it makes me very optimistic because I think it's only up from here as a society right. and as uh, from a personal standpoint and right. just like the positive effects from the COVID thing is how much I want to go explore out in the world once everything's kind of opening up again, yeah. whenever that is. So yeah. 
I, I'm just excited for the future, honestly. So that's where I'm at. I'm with you, bro. All right, man. Before we wrap it up, well, let me say this, bro. Again, thank y'all for the questions. We had some dope questions, bro. Actually, took a lot of thought to answer these. You know what I'm saying? So thank y'all yeah. for coming through with that. Uh, we're going to jump into, I guess, our reactions from the games this past week. And then we'll we'll wrap it up. All right. Um, real quick, because I know you got a lot to say. Give me a second. Let's take a five. I'll be right back. So before we get into the Browns and Bengals, I got to read something that I just saw posted not that long ago. It's breaking news. So Dwayne Haskins got cut after they got videos of him partying without a mask. That is crazy. That's crazy, man. What do you? It's insane. I hate to say it. I am not shocked at all because I kind of seen this. I saw like I saw a lot of signs from the dra- from the time he got drafted, and uh, but you know you don't want to cast dispersions because just because you see the little side don't necessarily mean it's gonna go in this direction. But I'm not shocked. I'm I'm gonna do a video on it and I'm gonna dive in and do everything. Like that might be my what happened to this week. It's it's uh the fact that they waved him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the crazy part about it. It's like, it seems like, damn, they didn't trade him. They didn't, like, they just cut him. Just like, whatever. Like, this, that's wild. And he was drafted last year, right? Yeah. That's faster than Manziel got cut by the Browns. Yeah. That's, that's wild, man. But he... See, I don't really want to talk about it a whole lot because I want to. I got to look it up and see yeah. everything before I start like throwing my opinion. I, although yeah. I have an opinion right now, it might change after I do the research that I need to do. Uh, what you got to say on it? But it is it's a crazy, crazy situation, unprecedented as far as I'm as I know. Yeah, no, it's it just the thing I just said a, a second ago was he got cut faster than Manziel got cut by the Browns. Yeah, and that is that's all time bust material as far as like taking a first rounder quarterback and not only did it fail, but you got nothing for him. You got nothing. So it's just a colossal waste, massive waste. Just thinking, thinking of all the quarterbacks that have gotten drafted in the top 10 in recent years. I mean, you have so many guys who are at the top of the NFL now, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, the guy who's killing it right now for the, uh, what's his name? Herbert, Justin Justin Herbert. Herbert. Um, I mean, even Baker, just like anyone, like there's so many guys who are so doing so well. So for this to happen as catastrophically bad as it's gone, feel bad for the football team. I'm about to say, I, I can't feel bad for him yet. You know, maybe I'll find something that makes me feel differently right now. It's, it looks like from the outside looking in, it looks like he never really like embraced this opportunity and understood that like, you know, it is a privilege to play in the league. Like I really don't feel like he took it as seriously, bro. Because I remember on draft night, he showed up to the draft watching with my boys. And I said, he's fat. I was like, yo, he's out of shape already. I'm like, yo, he showed up to the draft out of shape. And just to me, as a first round quarterback, like that just that spoke volumes to me, bro. Cause I was like, dog, like you not taking this serious, like already at this point. Like you, this the interview. You know what I'm saying? Like, even like trash employees show up to the interview. They, 
they're on point for the interview at least. Yeah. But like he showed up to this and was like, ah, I'm Dwayne Haskins, goddamn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really didn't like that energy, but I was like, you know what? You've been running around doing interviews and you know, it happens. He probably put on way easy. You know what I'm saying? I started making excuses for him in my head. But yeah. like over time, like almost everything that has happened seems to point back to a lack of work ethic and dedication on his side. Like everything that I've seen in passing seems to point to that. Maybe it's some underlying issue, and that's what I'm going to try to find for the video, um, if there's something there. But just from outside looking in, like it looks, that's what it looked like, you know? It's amazing how as long as time goes on, there will always be guys who get drafted and they don't put the work in and it shows no matter what, like it just every year there's guys and you know, I, I get it because you make millions and you're the hottest shit on earth to everyone around you. It's hard to get over that. You're the top dog and you can do whatever you want. You're a millionaire now and you're 20, 21. So I get it, but it's still crazy. Anyway, I am, I'm ready, unfortunately, to talk about, talk about the Browns game. And it just sucks because I wasn't even upset that they lost. I was, I mean, I was just sad because it was so stupid because before the game, they announced that the top four receivers are out top four, not Jarvis and another like top four. Then the top two linebackers, then the top two offensive linemen, Wyatt Taylor, number one rated guard on pro football focus and left tackle Jedrick Wills, the best rookie left tackle in the NFL, been solid. So it's like, you can't make excuses, but you're talking about such like you're, you're putting in guys who have never played uh, in the offense ever, not even practice. And they didn't even get a walkthrough before the game because there was a, their flight was delayed and all this other stuff happened. Their, their, their facility got closed down. So they didn't even get a walkthrough. They had to go to a parking lot at like two hours, three hours before the game to do the walkthrough. I mean, you're talking about like junior college shit, you know? All right, guys, we're going to meet at the, uh, you know, the parking center outside the college, at eight o'clock. So be there or else, you know, go to your advisors, like some stupid shit anyway. So it was just such a heartbreaking game because the whole time I was watching and just like upset at the fact that one, they can't over, they, they, they can't overcome because their defense is bad. So the jets scored against the bad defense and they, they were throwing the balls to the tight ends every play in the first half, and that's all they could do. Because if they ran the ball, they they got no yards every time. Because they was like, all right, we're, we know you're not throwing to no-name practice squad guy on this side and no-name practice squad guy who's worse than that practice squad guy. So it just sucks because this, the, the Steelers winning helps, and now it's kind of like a if the Steelers rest their starters or whatever, because the Browns are favored by six and a half on the Vegas line right now, which I think is weird. So now it's the playoff game. This is the first playoff game for the Browns this week. It is win and you're in and lose and you're probably not in, which is, which is cool. I guess this, this is kind of, it's, it gives me what I've wanted this whole season was a chance to get, get the, it all comes down to this. So I'm trying to flush this Jets game out of my system. Just get rid of it. It's just a, it's just a terrible everything. Bad game, bad situation, whatever. It doesn't matter how bad the situation, it's over. It's, 
we have one game. It's time to show up. These guys kicked our ass the first time around. I just, I'm, I'll like Thursday will roll around and I'm going to be like not sleeping. Cause it's like, it's been every year by November. It's kind of like the Browns are three and eight or, you know, two and 10. And it doesn't matter. This is like the first game that ri- is everything. Y'all play Sunday, right? In 17 years. Y'all play Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay. You said Thursday. Yeah. I, was, I was just making sure. Okay. Go ahead. My bad. Sorry. I just meant like as the week goes by, it's like feel, Thursday. Yeah. It's okay. I got a few you. more days. Getting closer. Yeah. And then Saturday night, I'm going to be like, you know, in my bed. <laughs> 10 a.m. comes around the next day. <laughs> I can't imagine the stress. The stress. <laughs> I can't imagine it, dog. I can't. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know? Uh, I don't know how you get over this Jets L, bro. Like, cause y'all did get screwed. Y'all got screwed by the league. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. at the same time, it's like there's no more like bye weeks and stuff, so you can't really postpone the game. Like, can you? I guess y'all could have no. played like Tuesday or something. Some weird day. I don't know. They've been doing that all year, but you know, I don't really know what the reasoning is to where y'all just had to go through with that game. But um, I'm going to yeah. assume they following the same protocols, like when the Broncos had to play with no quarterback. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah, exactly. tough, bro. It's tough. It's a tough way to go out. I watched the end of that game, and y'all had a chance to win. Uh, Baker, I think, got sacked from the blind side. He's relieving it. Sorry. Yeah, and, that's uh, the left tackle, man. I thought y'all was going <laughs> to yeah. get it. Tell me the whole game lucky. back. I thought y'all was going to get lucky because he fumbled it. But at the same time, it wouldn't have mattered. I oh, realized after forward. the fact, yeah, he kicked it forward. I was like, damn, he finna fumble to a first down. But I'm like, oh, you can't advance if somebody else get it um, on your team. But yeah, the way it ended up going down, I was like, that is tough. <laughs> I was like, that, that is yeah. crazy. That was the that was the first game this year where I felt like how I did in like 2017, where as that last fumble happened on that fourth mm-hmm. and one. I literally got up and I wanted to punch or kick something. Like I, I don't get that rage very often, but it was the first time this year and probably in the last, no, this year <laughs> happened last year where I just stood up and I was like looking for something to like break. I was so mad and I didn't break it. I mean, I didn't do anything. I just kind of like was slowly breathed it out and stuff, but I didn't get it. O- I still am not over it. Cause it's just so stupid to me. Not just like obviously the COVID protocol stuff, but just like the you had a chance and you can save this game. Just the how worst team in the oh. league, but of course they're coming off that win against the Rams. It's just yeah, they run a stupid trick but play. But it, it works. could be a setup for a much more glorious <laughs> trip into the playoffs for y'all because a lot of times yeah. if y'all would have won that game, all it was gonna be, and I was gonna probably say this too, it's gonna feel the same way, and you probably say the same thing. Y'all had an easy ass schedule for one, so we all kind of. I knew y'all was gonna make the play. Like I picked y'all to make the playoffs because I like I was looking at y'all's schedule. Like yeah. y'all are good, and this schedule is pretty damn easy. I was like, yeah, they're gonna get in. So if y'all get in by beating the Jets, that's one thing. But if y'all get in by taking out the Steelers, even though they've been struggling as of late, they still won the AFC North and they still the Steelers, and they're coming off a win now. So you know what I'm saying? If y'all went beat them to get in, like that does a lot more. I feel like for like changing the narrative on the Browns versus y'all beat the Jets, yeah. get in, then lose to the Steelers. It's like, ah, they backed in and now they got to go. Lose I the agree. Round. You know what I'm saying? So Exactly. That's 
that's where my whole mentality is now. And I'm gearing myself slowly up for it. Whew. It's, it's what I wanted at the end of the day. It's, this is the opportunity I wanted. So can't be mad. Can't be truly mad. You know what I mean? So, you know, good luck because... Yeah, uh, on, on the Bengals, Baker, man. yeah, in He's a second I will. Take us. But I just uh, I want to say this just to be extremely clear. Okay. And again, very odd that we're wearing these colors. I root for every team in the AFC North when they're not playing the Bengals except the Steelers. Like I cannot root for the Steelers, bro. Like I I don't think it's cool to hate a team, but I just it's there. I hate the Steelers. Like I really do. But y'all and the Ravens. I rock with y'all, bro. I really do. So, you know what I'm saying? I'll be watching the game. I will be pulling for the Browns. I hope y'all do well. I hope y'all get in and erase, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of this curse that y'all have been carried around for so damn long. And y'all got some real fans, bro. Some passionate fans. You know what I'm saying? So, y'all think y'all deserve it, bro. So, I'm pulling for y'all, man. I hope y'all pull it out. We'll see how it go. I'm going to be excited as hell watching this game. It's going to be a fun game for me because there's no stress for me. So, this is going to be a good-ass game for yeah. me. But, you're gonna know how I'm feeling. Oh, I know you're gonna be watching it. Like, you're not gonna be enjoying it. <laughs> you're not. You're gonna be. You're gonna be stressed. No. Even if y'all up ten, you're gonna still be stressed because you know it's just a big deal. Now, all right, my bad. You got anything yeah. else to say about them? About the Browns? That's nah, it. I'm good. Right. Bars the Bengals, bro. Um, you know, saying like my pop said about Dak uh, when they carted Joe off, they carted me off with him. You feel me? But. <laughs> Um, you know, these last couple of weeks, bro, they really they really brought me back, especially with that that game versus the Steelers. Like, they showed so much heart, bro. Even if they didn't win that game, it wasn't even about that at that point. Like, when I saw just how they came out and they didn't lay down like some bitches, that's something I could get behind, whether we win or lose. It's how we play. It's how we look. And I've been saying that since before the season started. You know what I'm saying? And then last week, we go in, we play Houston, you know, team a lot on our level, except... We don't have our franchise quarterback. They have that quarterback. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, our guys came out. They haven't given up, bro. And when you – it's – it give me mixed feelings because sometimes I feel like our coach has no control over I'm like, what the what is he doing? Everything going haywire. And then other times I'll be like, damn, we have no chance. We ain't playing for nothing. How the – and it's a COVID year, meaning everything is uncomfortable. It's a tough season. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know a couple cats that play in the league. It's a tough seat. Like, it's tough on them cats, bro. Like, they're going through a lot. Their routines yeah. is off. Like, it's, it's tough. To still get these cats to be playing that hard this late in the season is crazy to me. Like, it really is. And they look damn good until William Jackson went out. Then our secondary looked like it's looked all year. Number 38 came back in. Baker's best friend. He picked on that He picked on that man the whole game. And that's exactly what happened in this one, but we still managed to pull it out. But, you know, I've just been proud of the Bengals. I've been proud the way they played the last couple of weeks. And I know a lot of people, if you judge me off last year when I wanted us to tank, that was a very specific situation where we had – a once-in-a-generation quarterback that I wanted that I feel like could change our franchise for the next 15 years. So in that one situation, I felt it was best for us to tank and get Joe. Yeah. This year and any other year, I'm I'm not with that tanking shit at all. Like, win as many games as you possibly can. We'll worry about the draft when he get here. You feel me? Because we got a lot of cats on the team that's going to be on the team. And I want them to, you know, to experience that winning. You feel me? So – 
Um, I've been proud of the Bengals, bro. I like what they've been doing. Uh, we got one more game, and uh, we'll see how that goes versus the Ravens. We'll see what kind of what kind of showing we can put up. You know what I'm saying? And you know, we'll we'll move on from there. But that's pretty much all I got to say. Yeah, man, that that play where Juju gets lit up and fumbles, that's going to be a top five play of the whole season for the, sure. Of the regular season, for sure. It's just such an iconic. Like he comes out after the game and says he's not going to do any more dancing on the TikTok like video. And it was just such, it was so perfect. For the stop. It was perfect. Yeah. It's like and, the. And he we yeah. called it. You're talking called about. called the shot. He called that shot. Because he said before the game, they asked him about the dancing. And he was like, you just got to hit him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, what was you going to do about the dance? You just got to hit him. And then he catches him perfect. And like, he fumbles and we recover it. Yeah, it was. Bro, like the swag we had that night was unbelievable. We had to do a high stepping on a seven yard interception return. I, I loved was... it. <laughs> I loved every second of Dude, it. Dude, that's <laughs> the three things that come to mind of the Bengals 2020 season is Joe Burrow running for his life every play. Yeah. But making crazy plays. Like yeah. amazing. Yeah. The lighting up Juju and that interception that he probably could have got. 15 more yards if he cut it back like it was possible but he high steps it out of bounds and gets lit up so that was the best play of the whole night dude i i could not believe that i was literally like running around my living room i was laughing so hard because i was like what was that like he i don't just- know what it was and like <laughs> logically it makes no sense but i loved it so much no. just because the swag we had that night we was playing yeah, like an it. undefeated team, bro. And it was like, we just, I don't know. I don't know if we knew we was going to win or if we just didn't care. We didn't care what the outcome was. Yeah. We didn't care what nobody thought. We was just just doing, we were just doing our thing, bro. We were just <laughs> doing whatever we felt. And that was, a yeah. man, that shit was crazy, bro. It was crazy, bro. That, that high step is burned <laughs> into my memory. It's just so funny. No one's ever done that. That's like a Madden play. That's like a you intercepted on Madden and you hurry and do You're that right, thing bro. out of bounds just to yeah, trash talk. He was talking talk. shit all night, too. Whew. All night, bro. Yeah, he was. He was oh, making man. plays, though. That whole defense was lighting him up. It was sick. But uh, anyways, I think we're, think we're good. I think that's it, man. Thank y'all once again for watching slash listening. Uh, this was Sports Therapy Episode 16. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Peace. Peace.